0: Today, we're going to turn uh, to our time in the message. I'm going to title today's talk, Jesus, Our Guide. Will you join me in prayer right now? Lord, we have uh, closed out 2020, a year of challenges, a year of opportunities. And many of us today may be feeling tired, maybe feeling weak, maybe feeling distracted maybe even feeling the need for fresh focus going into 2021. But really where we are is in a place of need for guidance. And in our human nature, we think we're always right. And so, God, we need your help today. I ask that as we turn to the scripture, help us to understand what we're reading. Help us to understand what we should do about it. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Jesus said, John chapter 10, verse 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Listen, this year, we are going to need the guidance of God. This year, we don't know exactly how a coronavirus vaccine is going to affect our everyday lives. We don't know exactly how it's going to play out. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with our civil authorities. We don't know exactly what's going to happen in Baltimore City, in our neighborhoods, and even in our lives. Try as we might, even if we try to convince ourselves of it, we're not completely in control. And as I have been praying for you, reading and thinking and considering, I really believe that this is going to be a year where each of us personally, and us as a church family, we're going to need the guidance of God. We are. We're going to need it on an everyday basis. And here's what I believe. Nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too complicated for God. There's nothing in our world that is too complicated for the guidance of God to make a difference. Jesus reveals himself as the Good Shepherd. And that might not mean much of anything to us if we don't have some understanding about the place and time where Jesus physically walked the earth. So let's just talk about it a little bit. Now, Shepherds were obviously people who were sheep ranchers, as it were. Some very small operations, some large operations. And in the Middle East, this was a way that you could earn a living for your family, take care of the needs of your family. Um, And shepherds were actually, um, you know, it wasn't a prestigious uh, line of work. It was a line of work that involved hard work. And where the health of your sheep was tied to your identity, how you were viewed in the community, and um, the economics of your family. Um, Were you a good shepherd or a bad shepherd? And Jesus specifically says, I'm a good shepherd. And he uses this no word. And this word, I know my sheep and they know me. And that's a word that includes learning and experience. It includes listening. It includes relationship. It actually includes intimacy, uh, knowing the inner workings of. And the the word shepherd actually means to guide, to help, to take care of, to lead with the implication of providing for. And I want to just explain this a little bit. So, about uh, almost half of our church lives in Waverly, and almost half of our church lives in Hamden. We have a number of folks that live in other areas, but if you're you're familiar with the neighborhoods of Waverly and Hamden, Hamden on the uh, west side of the top of the Johns Hopkins campus, and Waverly on the east side of it, and pretty central, in, kind of in the middle of the map of Baltimore City. But think about this. Think about Uh, what it might have been like when it was just uh, rolling um, grass and trees and before all the buildings were there. And think about if you lived in Waverly and you had a a group of sheep that you were taking care of, and maybe your mind immediately goes to the field behind the YMCA. Well, I'm going to take my sheep there. They're going to have grass to eat. But think about if all of that terrain were that grassy area. You might have... um, a group of sheep that start to eat away at the grass, and what sheep actually will do if you're not careful is they'll eat the grass all the way down to the roots and leave the ground bare, and you have to actually come in and plant new grass. And so what shepherds will do is they're careful to keep an eye on how long they keep sheep in a particular area so they don't kill the grass, and then they've gotta rotate them to another place. So let's say you started off behind the YMCA, and then maybe you kind of worked your your uh your sheep down along thirty-third and you get going along thirty-third the median there, you've got some grass there, and I guess you just have to use your imagination to move them from one patch of grass to the next. And you might start off in the spring by the YMCA and you might end up um uh, in the fall over by um over by Hamden and uh, down along uh, the Jones Falls waterway um, as the seasons change. And that's the kind of thing that a shepherd would do. A shepherd would lead that group of sheep from one spot to another, making sure that they had something to eat. And this obviously involved the change in temperatures. And it also involved um, being aware of um, predators. And what happens with sheep is that pretty quickly they learn the voice of their shepherd because their shepherd is the one that's taking care of them. Their shepherd is the one that's leading them to where they're going to get food. And um, that's something that we do with our animals. In my family, we've got a dog and a couple of cats that are our brothers that like, that like to uh, uh, wrestle a decent amount. And we've got some geckos and we've got some fish. And one of the things I've kind of always done with my dogs or cats is I, I kind of learn certain noises that I will make with my mouth that will get them to respond to me, whether it's because I want them to come. Uh, normally you don't have to do that when you're putting food in their dish. They, they know it's time and they come running. Uh, but you know, for us, uh, we, we like to be able to move them without having to chase them and pick them up. And so it, it's something that's kind of fun to do, to, to uh, make a noise or say a particular word and get your animal to obey you. Now, if you generally smell like food, it's not all that hard. Uh, but what's funny is the first time somebody else comes into the picture and they try to get your animal to respond to them, and the results are not always the same. Uh, Sometimes we discover this when we do a little bit of house sitting for each other. Uh, This might have been a time of year where you were using video lessons or an app to uh, learn how to breathe better, uh, to meditate and to calm down. Maybe it was uh, learning how to play an instrument. Uh, Maybe you uh, were learning how to change the car uh, battery or a tire. Uh, YouTube and things of that nature have been a great way for us to learn things. And what happens is when you you hear the advice of someone in that video and you see that it works, you figure out, okay, this person is reliable. We mentioned this last week. Um, when a person is reliable, their words are more meaningful. And I don't know where you are in your journey with Jesus Christ, but for me personally, In my life, I have found that the words of Jesus have been proven to be true and helpful. And so for me, I've learned, okay, Jesus is reliable. And uh, so I I tune in to the things that Jesus has said. I I literally look to Jesus as a guide for my life. And that's a part of what I want to talk about today. What we actually see um, is... Um, Isaiah 53 and verse six, that Jesus uh, fulfills Isaiah's prophecy about our need for him. Here's what it says, Isaiah 53, six, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Let's explain a little bit about what's being talked about there. Ancient people would clearly know that sheep, have a tendency to get themselves uh, turned around, confused, lost, because they have their head down, chewing on the grass, following their cravings. They they go from one spot to another if they don't have a little bit of guidance. And uh, they'll they'll see the, the smell of grass and they follow it and their head is down, their eyes are down, they're focused on what they're feeding on. And more so than other animals, sheep actually need protection. They actually uh, have a dramatically longer lifespan. Uh, animal experts even have, uh, can speak to this today. Uh, sheep have a much longer lifespan uh, under the care of humans. And what, what, this, what Isaiah is referring to is that reality, But he's using it as an analogy for us and how when we are uh, overly individualistic and following our cravings and assuming that we always know what is right, which is human nature, I mean, let's be honest, I know better than anyone else, right? When we believe that that is the case and when we're following our own cravings, when we're walking in this me first culture, whatever makes me happy, I know what's best, We stray away from a path that goes towards what is most healthy for us and the community and our relationship with God. And when we stray away, we make mistakes, mistakes that are self-destructive, mistakes that bring a brokenness to our relationship with God. And what Isaiah speaks to is that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come and that our mistakes, our sins would be put on Jesus for our sacrifice. And Jesus actually refers to this himself when he's describing himself as a good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd." The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father commanded. What Jesus is referring to is that he fulfills the prophecy in Isaiah 53. He was going to be the once and for all time sacrifice for our sins, making a way for us to be forgiven of our wrongs, forgiven by God powerfully, that we could have our guilt removed, that we could have a place in heaven, that a relationship with God as though we had never sinned would be possible. Jesus is saying he's going to make that possible, and that that is a part of his role as our good shepherd. I think that makes Jesus worthy of our trust, worthy of us following him. Now I know you might be starting off 2021 and wanting to check out church and what it's like and so all of this might be new to you and we want to do whatever we can to be helpful to you. You'll see the phone number and email address on the screen. We'd love to be able to answer any questions that you might have, connect you with somebody that can be helpful. We'd be glad to send you a Bible. We'd be glad to send you something called a purple book which has a list of questions and scripture references. It's got 52 lessons where even just spending maybe 20 minutes a week, you can identify what questions you have about what you believe. And you can learn why is it uh, that Jesus needed to die uh, so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And what does it mean that he was raised to life? All of those lessons are in there. But maybe you already know enough to understand that you need a Savior. You need Jesus, the Good Shepherd, your guide. Maybe that's a a decision to make for the first time. Maybe it's something, it's a prayer of rededication. You need to come back. You know that God loves you. You know that you've drifted away and you know that it's time to come back. If that's you, I want you to repeat a really simple prayer after me. I'm going to pray for you. We want to make ourselves available to you. Everyone else, if you're a believer, just pray with me for them right now. And we've got a lot more from this message to learn. So if you want to pray that prayer of first-time salvation or rededication, I want you to just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) I'm so happy for you making that decision today. Listen, we want to support you. We want to help you. So please do reach out to us. The fact that Jesus is our shepherd was something that was foretold. Jesus, our guide is something that was foretold. It was something about his identity. If you started the January 1st reading opportunity that we've given to you, you read actually about this yesterday. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 6, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of Micah 5.2, 2 2 Samuel 5.2, as our shepherd. Remember what that means is that Jesus is one who would guide us, help us, take care of us, lead us, providing for us. And in this way, Jesus was actually ministering to us in the same way that God the Father has been doing for all of human history for his people. We see that picture Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 through 16. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel from among the people and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and in all the places where they live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the hills of Israel. They will There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend to my sheep. Give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away. I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak." And it continues, after that's verse 16, it continues through verse 31, God talking about how the result of this is his covenant of peace, this love agreement with humanity about peace. There, and in what Jesus said in multiple places, we get this picture that what God was doing here with Israel, the way he was caring for them and predicting that he would care for them in restoration, is the same way in which he was welcoming people, would welcome people from all nations through Jesus Christ into this loving relationship with him where they could look to him as guide. So Jesus is is very consistent with what Father God was already doing. And in fact, now today we get to relate to God the Holy Spirit in the same way. Jesus predicted this. He told his followers, John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Or in another translation says, your guide in truth. God the Holy Spirit is the one whose still small voice you can hear today uh, will help you recognize the inspiration of scripture. That's the way that God is our good shepherd, God, our Holy Spirit guides us into truth. And I think that we need, we need that guidance. Listen, you can watch a YouTube video about how to change your oil and understand it. Go, okay, I get it. And in your mind, if you're not careful, you can just put yourself on par with uh, the person that did that on the video and just like, oh, okay, yeah, I know how to do that. But that doesn't mean that you have the same tools that you saw in the video. It doesn't mean you have the same understanding. It doesn't mean you have the same experience that the person does in the video. And it doesn't mean that you won't just make a big mess when you go to try to do it yourself. And one of the things that concerns me is I think we can hear a simple message about this today. And say, oh, you know, Pastor Ben, I heard that in Sunday school. I understand Jesus is our shepherd. That's really nice. But it's not a functional reality in our lives. Uh, frankly, I'm, I'm concerned about some of you. I'm concerned about whether or not you are truly relating to God as your shepherd, as your guide, like in an everyday conversation, in an everyday choosing to believe that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts, that God's ways are higher than your ways, following for yourself, not just able to articulate it, not just able to tell somebody else that they should do it, but actually doing it yourself. And I know that a part of what you might be thinking and feeling is, why should I trust God? Or what's the outcome if I do follow God's guidance? I didn't like some of the things that God said as as guidance, and so I don't think I want to do that. Well, I, I want to just propose to you. I want to ask you to consider, please, Psalm 23 is actually... A statement from the soul of a person who is at rest when the Lord is their shepherd. Check this out. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. is the result of what's happened in a person's life when they have made the Lord their shepherd. Jesus, our guide, is who we should be looking to for an example of how we live, whose voice we should be listening to for guidance. Jesus, our guide, can bring about real change in our lives, but it's a close personal relationship that has a call and response, where how we look at it, what we do about it, what's happening in our heart, what's happening with our actions and our words really matters. And and here's what James said, James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, the same way that he does Uh, today. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Jesus said, we talked about it in the last few weeks in John 15, 4, stay close to me and I will stay close to you. It's a functional, close, personal relationship with God, where we are looking for the guidance of God. And I believe in 2021, we are truly going to need the guidance of God on things that are big picture, things that are small picture, things that are big and complicated, complex and long-term, things that are in between, that are strategic, things that are just today, a simple step for today, things about our thoughts and our emotions. So, okay, what do we learn about all this? Well number one, God is available to us as a guide. That's, that's just a plain simple truth. We see it it's true of Father God, it's true of Jesus the Son, it's true of the Holy Spirit. God is available to us as our guide. Number two, the guidance of God will include direction, provision, and good health. It's really important for us to not take a me first approach to our relationship with God. We should be more focused on God than anything else and more focused on where is God going? What is God doing? What is God's design before we get into what our our ideas or thoughts or dreams or desires are? Well, what do we do about all this? Well, number one, I really want each of us today, number one, to ask ourselves if we are following the guidance of God. That's a good question. That's a tough question. That's not a question that you're really going to have a quick, easy answer to. If it's honest, if it is deep, if it's, if, if it's something that is deep enough to really be helpful to you, you need some quiet time to ask yourself if you are truly following the guidance of God. And number 2, change course as needed. If you discover from that conversation with God that you're not following the guidance of God, it's time to change course, it's time to con- confess your wrong, ask God for his forgiveness and make a change. And before we close out this message with further action points, let's just pray about it right now. God, we come to you right now and 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 we are feeling conviction of where we've been wrong. We We recognize that we're not always following Your guidance, and and sometimes it's life comes at us fast. Challenges come up. We get distracted. There's things that are painful. Things that are out of control. That things that seem to grab our attention, and we just kind of slowly drift from that kind of a relationship with You and God. I just ask, would You please forgive us? Forgive us for anywhere we are living by our own guidance, or the guidance of other people, or the guidance of ideas from the outside more than we are following your guidance. Please forgive us. We make a fresh commitment by your grace that we're going to follow you first and foremost. We're going to follow your guidance first and foremost. We make that fresh commitment to you. We're going to make a change. Help us, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, number three, what we should do is have a daily conversation with God that includes reading, meditation, and listening. The reality is your peace of mind, your spiritual strength is not going to improve without this. Whether or not you're functionally in real life following God as your guide, Jesus our guide, is not going to improve unless every day you, you are having a conversation with God. And, and What makes it easiest, we talked about last week, is reading the Word of God, hearing God's part of the conversation, the plain simple truth about the things that God has already said, and then meditating on those things, thinking about them, deeply considering them, asking questions about them, seeking understanding about them, applying them to our lives, and and listening. It's a way that we are listening to God, responding to what Jesus said, John 15. And number four... This is so critical because all of this is going to seem overwhelming unless we do number 4 share the journey. Share the journey. When you go at this all by yourself just me myself and I, Jesus me and nobody else, it's going to you're going to struggle more than necessary. You're going to struggle more than necessary. You're going to make mistakes more than necessary. We're wired for relationship. We're wired to share the spiritual journey together. The reality is that in 2020 probably had us kind of drifting into our own corners a little bit, uh, uh, binging uh, a stre- streaming content and, and, and working on different projects and maybe doing fun and enjoyable stuff that's good that God does want us to do in certain portions. But what may also have happened is that we've really drifted into just doing life by ourselves, really drifted into just our opinion first and foremost, and maybe found it more difficult to share the spiritual journey with each other. Sharing your spiritual journey is so very important. And what I believe is that we are in a transition season at the beginning of 2021. I I can see that in our future, God has good things for us, I have fresh vision for exciting opportunities that are already in front of us and are going to be in front of us. And each one of you as individuals and us as a group, I don't know to what degree you are aware of this, but I have a deep respect for the personal relationship of each individual believer between them and God. And I try to be really careful about not... Um, pressing my ideas for a group and making that as more important than your personal relationship with God. Your personal relationship with God is a priority. But what we see in scripture is that also meant to be walked out with a, a community of believers that are going the same direction at the same place at the same time. And there are real dangers and risks in getting too individualistic about it. Um, And so what I see is that the challenges that are in front of us in these next three months also have some amazing opportunities that we can make the best, that, that we can make the most of these opportunities if we will share the journey together, sharing our thoughts, sharing our dreams, sharing our desires, talking it through, sharing our questions, sharing our challenges, sharing our character flaws and our mistakes, helping each other, building each other up, encouraging each other, listen, Thomas Edison was not so much a great individual inventor as he was a good organizer of teams of inventors keeping them moving in a direction together. And many of his inventions, whether it be related to um, electricity or actually he was the most profound innovator of recording and playing back audio sound and video. He, if it weren't for his innovations It would just not have been the same, might not have been discovered for a great deal of time. But he did not do great um, with certain team members like Tesla. Tesla, who was on his team for a while, and he did not collaborate with Tesla in the way that that he could have. And he had an opportunity to collaborate with Westinghouse, and he didn't do a good job of that either. And they became rivals in an unnecessary fashion. And I can only imagine if... Edison and Westinghouse and Tesla had worked together their shared innovation and their teams that they all had working with them the innovations could have been it could have fast forwarded by at least 50 years the innovations they were working on Uh, they had the concept of electric motors all the way back then there could have been so much more innovation which could have improved their lives their own enjoyment and would have greatly improved the lives of people around the world it would have had a, a significantly good economic effect it, it could have prevented loss and accidents and deaths and a lot of other things listen we are better together we are better when we share the journey and that's why I put out the invitation for us to be reading scripture together at the same time. A reading plan that we can all share that starting a couple days ago, January 1st through December 31st, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to end in the book of Revelations and read the whole New Testament together. It's going to help us to share the spiritual journey, to collaborate more, to share, to talk more with each other, to to point out what we're learning more, for us to be on the same page. I really think that this is what God wants us to do this year, and I really think it's going to make a significant difference. We're going to face some challenges, but there's nothing that God hasn't already seen coming. There's nothing that God can't help us overcome. In fact, there's opportunities that no one else is seeing that God's going to give us that we're not going to be able to make the best use of if we are too individualistic. We need to be looking to Jesus as our guide, listening to the Holy Spirit, guide us into truth and sharing the journey together. And in that, there will be a synergy. There will be a a momentum where we will have true spiritual strength like we've not had before. And I think that we can each of us in that discover who we have been created to be. All the difficulties of 2020 and all the different things about quarantine and the way that life's routines and everything has been changed up. I think it's been really good for a lot of us to stop doing certain activities Um, which could even include spiritual activities that were things that we just got into doing out of a sense of duty or based on someone else's expectations or different things um, along that line. I think what God wants us to be on is this spiritual discovery journey where we are discovering who we have been created to be so that we can walk in the strengths, the giftings that God has given us. But what that really looks like is when we do it as a shared spiritual journey together, moving forward in that there will be the benefit of each of us personally and the benefit of our community. I truly think that this is the way we can see God's best in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of work, um, and in Baltimore City, in the state of Maryland, and the nation. This could be the best year of your life going forward, but it will be greatly diminished if we're not looking to Jesus as our guide. Will you allow me to pray for you today, Lord, each of us in our in our uh, Human nature have times where we're not listening to you in the way that we should. Each of us have times where we're more focused on ourselves than anything else. Each of us have times where we get derailed by this, that, and the other. God, right now, we just confess our wrong. Lord, we've we've been wrong. We've done wrong in those ways in the past. Would you please forgive us? Right now, today, because Jesus is our Savior, we make a fresh commitment that with your help, Holy Spirit, our guide, We're going to be more focused on you than anything else. We're going to follow your guidance in life. We're going to live wholeheartedly for you. Thank you for your help. Thank you for this, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing this time. It's available Uh, The whole video is available on our Facebook page at our YouTube channel and cityharborchurch.com slash messages. Make sure that you have a look at that. And remember, Thursdays in the month of January, including this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. will be all church interactive Zoom calls where we're going to be praying together um, and, and just starting the year off. In encouragement and in some shared spiritual momentum. So make sure that you get the link for that and you're able to participate in that. We thank you for your courageous generosity. If you haven't already, make sure that you have downloaded the Church Center app for the Apple uh, for your iPhone on iOS or for Android. In the Church Center app, you can search City Harbor Church in Baltimore and select us as your church, and you can manage your giving there. That's also all of you who are looking for your charitable donation statement in 2020 as we are a 501c3 for your tax-deductible donations. Your statements will get um, automatically sent uh, from there and uh, with the report as well. Remember, we're looking uh, forward to uh, uh, January 31st for our church 10-year anniversary. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.